time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. It's Monday, January 25th, 2021. Hope your year is off to a great start. What I'm hearing from everybody just hung up with another client call. Volumes are remaining strong. In fact, some of the strongest locks on record that we're experiencing. So very excited about our new year and especially all that's going on. And so welcome to the podcast. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Audio is king. Everyone wants to be able to listen so they can do it on a passive basis, get a lot of information in. Today's hot topic I'm really excited about. Someone from where I grew up, Minnesota, is joining us, Doug Duncan. He has had so much success in the industry. He's Fannie Mae Senior Vice President, Chief Economist, as well as doing a lot of research at the NBA. And joining me in this interview is a dear friend of mine and also a great friend of Doug's, and it's Jay Brinkman, retired Chief Economist from the NBA. So we're just going to have a great lineup. We're going to be talking about Fannie Mae's recently released economic forecast for housing as far as interest rates. Looking forward to that interview. So be sure to stay tuned all the way through to the hot topic segment. It's going to be really good. Informative as as well as I think with Jay in the mix and those two going at it there, it'll be as entertaining as it is anything else. By the way, I put in the show notes today, go listen to Doug Duncan's interview on the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast. It's put on by Bruce Norris's son, Aaron. Did a great job of interviewing Doug Duncan. If you really want to get insights of what all goes into these projections and these forecasts, go listen to that podcast. I think Doug just did a fabulous job but really give you insight of how it's all about the data. It's not about an agenda. So we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to say we're thrilled to be a part of the Industry Syndicate. Check out industrysyndicate.com as well as mortgagemedia.com. Please be a part of both of these media groups. Again, we're the old one. They all say you're the granddaddy, Dave. You started this before anyone else ever did it. Also, I just did a Leadership Mastermind podcast. It's Mitch Peak and Laura Brando interviewed me on the topic of leadership, and it's the three pillars in leadership and it starts with your why. Go check that podcast out. We have a link to that in our show notes as well. Special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We say this all the time. By the way, we did have Mike Fratt and Tony on giving the MBA's projections in the first week of January. Be sure to go and listen to that podcast. Also sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance, a great way to have your voice heard on the Hill. MBA does a great job of supporting us and our industry. Support them by joining up and getting your download of your own Mortgage Action Alliance app so you can do it all from your phone. It's just amazing. Also, a special thank you to Finastra, third largest fintech company in the world. They have their Fusion Mortgage Bot solution and experience the power of a fully integrated approach to mortgage lending that simplifies the borrowing experience and streamlines the process for the employees. I had Dan Putney on on January 11th. Go listen to that. We've covered the survey that they recently did. It was a wonderful interview. A lot of information there. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. We are part of both of these co-ops and 
it's a great way for you to meet with other lenders your size and it's the peer sharing of data what each other experiencing is so important I was just talking to Bobby Nicely of Alcova Mortgage one of my clients this morning and he says he's a part of the Mortgage Collaborative and he says he's on with all the other CEOs and so much information is shared what they're dealing with so I encourage you to check out both of these co-ops also Community Mortgage Lenders Association of America as well as Indicom I was giving their name out today great outsourcing company partners with lenders and servicers in mortgage insurers and title insurance companies to provide one specific goal help you grow your business go back and listen to the interview I did with Linda Bomar in August 31st also Incelerate helps lenders close more loans by engaging the borrowers more effectively so go back and listen to the interview we did in August with Josh Friend as well as Knowledge Coop and Mobility RE when you're recruiting loan officers you got to have real data empirical data check out both these companies they're actually a complement to each other they're competitors in one sense they're complement to each other check them out we're recommending them all the time as well as Velma VendorSurf Vidyard thank you to all of our sponsors check them all out on our website also finally a special thank you to Alice Alan and Matt for the contributions to this podcast each and every week. I should also say Les Parker as well as Rob Van Rapphorst is where we're going next. Rob, good to have you out here. What do you have for this week's MBA Mortgage Minute? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rappers. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, HUD issued a waiver allowing FHA to insure loans to borrowers with residency under the DACA program. The waiver removes language to the FHA handbook requiring lawful residency of a borrower for FHA mortgage insurance eligibility. MBA will work with industry and FHA representatives to ensure a smooth implementation of the waiver, including requesting additional guidance as necessary. MBA also looks forward to working with the Biden administration to make the policy permanent. Also, last week, Kathy Craninger resigned as director of the CFPB. Dave Uejo, who has been at the CFPB since 2012, will serve as acting director. President Biden has nominated Rohit Chopra to be the next CFPB director, but Uejo will serve as acting director until Chopra is confirmed. That's it for now. Thanks for joining me. I uh, appreciate the NBA and the partnership with them. Go out and sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance while you're there. Also, download all the other data that's there. Become a member of the NBA. Well worth it. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Let's get over to Les Parker with the TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Les? I feel good. I knew vaccine would now. So go. To grow. Juice feels good. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. By vaccinating those at risk of death and setting free low-risk people to work and play, global equities expect above normal growth throughout 2021. The EU wants the U.S. to no longer be the world's reserve currency. Irresponsible fiscal policy and the nonsense of modern monetary theory, MMT, and the return of multilateralism weakens the dollar and threatens long-term global financial stability. Short-term, rates stay low, so go and grow with stimulus and vaccines because we got juice. These views are my own. Want more? Go to tmspotlight.com. Oh, I love that song. Brings back a lot of memories. Anyway, yes, check out tmspotlight.com and when you're signing up for the newsletter, use the word power. 
and you'll get the paid version for free. Matt Graham could not be here with us, but he does have a segment of what's going on in the market that we have looked forward to. So let's get over to what we can anticipate with interest rates, at least what will be driving them. Check out mbslive.net also. All right, here we go. Matt. This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live Market Update. Last week, we talked about the possibility or the risk that rates had turned a corner in the bigger picture and that we might not have seen it as readily in the mortgage market because mortgage rates not really been paying as much attention to what was going on in treasuries. What was going on in treasuries was a slow, steady rise in yields going all the way back to the beginning of August. And that has been and continues to be a very linear uptrend that should be a concern for the mortgage market and would normally coincide with a similar slow and steady rise in rates. But because of the idiosyncrasies, shall we say, of 2020, mortgage rates were not only unable, but also unwilling to keep pace with that increase. In other words, rates were staying a lot lower than Treasury yield suggested. The biggest reason for this was simply lender capacity as Treasury yields had fallen so far so fast that if mortgage lenders adjusted mortgage rates at a similar pace, they would not be able to handle the volume of inbound business. So they kept rates higher than they otherwise would have been. And that whole process was also complemented by significant outperformance in MBS during the same time as investors scrambled for yield in an increasingly record low yield environment. All that to say, mortgage rates had a great finish to 2020 even as 10-year yields had been rising for five straight months. After that, and after the Georgia Senate election, when Treasury spiked more significantly, lender spreads had tightened up enough that mortgage rates paid attention to that rate spike in early 2021, and that raised fresh concerns that maybe all-time low rates were behind us, or maybe mortgage rates were finally getting on board with the uptrend. And those concerns stayed front and center for at least another week, this was two weeks ago. We did catch a break after a series of treasury auctions and then leading into last week, things started to calm down quite a bit. It was holiday shortened, no business on Monday, and the economic data was generally light apart from several strong housing reports. We had NAHP's Home Builder Confidence or Housing Market Index coming in a little bit short of expectations, but still in historically high territory. Factor out the previous three months, and that would still be a record high. Housing starts were stellar on Thursday, 1.669 million versus 1.56 million forecast. Building permits similarly strong. And then on Friday, existing home sales also quite strong, 6.76 million versus 6.55 forecast. And there too, among the several highest readings in roughly 15 years. So very strong housing data to round out 2020. In the week ahead, the current week, we have more housing data on tap with Case-Shiller prices and FHFA prices scheduled tomorrow. With us, as always, weekly MBA applications on Wednesday. A big Fed announcement, not a big one, but the Fed is important. And they are releasing an announcement on Wednesday afternoon. Not expecting any fireworks, but traders will be tuned in for ongoing clues about you know, potential tapering risks in the future. They've said they're not anywhere close, but eventually they're going to say something that makes traders second guess that and the markets will react. Thursday, new home sales come out for December. Expect to come in 1.9% higher after a little correction in the previous month. That'd be 865,000 units in terms of annual pace. And then the most forward-looking indicator for home sales would be pending sales on Friday at 10 a.m. And that's expected to hold fairly steady at levels that are not quite as high as they were in October, but still 
a whole lot higher than everybody expected coming into 2020. In terms of uh, market activity so far this week, things have been strong. We, what we've seen after hitting the recent highs in Treasury yields is what we were hoping to see, several big block trades in the CME, and those are privately negotiated trades that take place outside the normal public auction channels in uh, Treasury futures and options. And those big block trades can sort of speak to traders buying the dip or coming in and saying, okay, yields have gone high enough, prices have gone low enough. I think it's time for bonds to correct a little bit. Because the prevailing sentiment among traders is that rates are going to go higher as the economy recovers and as vaccines roll out, et cetera. And it's such an obvious trade that it makes sense for traders to look for opportunities to trade in the other direction, because that is not a crowded trade. You don't generally want to be in the super crowded trade. And sometimes that's why we see things happen counterintuitively when everything seems so obvious. So 1.075 was a level we wanted to break below last week. We didn't get it, but we are starting out the current week breaking below, and that is promising. A little bit of flush of momentum after that, although it was helped by some significant stock market weakness this morning. I think you know 1.075 will continue to be an important level unless we manage to stay above it for the entire week. Seems like that would be a little bit of a tall order, but we shall see. In terms of other economic data, the only other thing to watch this week would be Thursday's GDP because it is the first look that we get at Q4 GDP, and it will sort of suggest what the overall damage to the economy was in 2020 from COVID. And it might not be any damage at all, depending on how that comes out. That's about it in terms of economic data. I think we're just uh, hoping to see bonds continue to build a case for a short to medium term ceiling in rates up at 1.18-ish in terms of 10-year yields. Previous high on January 12th, 1.187. Last but not least, again, MBS are doing well after a little bit of underperformance two weeks ago. They started to tighten up last week and uh, they have a little bit more room to run in that regard. The story was mainly about supply as uh, two, three weeks ago, the spike in rates created a bunch of new MBS supplies, buyers and refires got off the fence. And now that has subsided a bit. The supply demand situation is even back out. Treasury issuance concerns are front and center with stimulus negotiations ongoing and MBS have outperformed a bit. Not the case this morning and it won't really ever be the case when treasuries are rallying in uh, an aggressive way. But in a general sense, it seems like MBS have calmed down in terms of their underperformance, which bodes well for mortgage rate stability this week. And that'll do it for this week. But as a reminder, looking on lending listeners can get an MBS Live trial with double the free time and no credit card requirement by using the code LOL when they go to sign in. Just enter that in the purchase code section at mbslive.net. Double the free time. Back to you, Dave. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it so much. I appreciate you taking the time to get that in. I know you're a busy guy to stay. Anyway, check out the free offer or the extended offer for a period of time by going to, again, mbslive.net. Appreciate it very much. Alice Alvey's here. Alice is CMB, Vice President of Education Training at Union Home Mortgage. And she's one of the originals, has been here since the beginning of the podcast and has been providing for over 10 years the legislative update. Alice, good to have you here. Thanks, Dave. And I know everybody is excited to get to our special guest, so I will be quick. But, you know, at the beginning of each year, I always like to do a quick look at what were the bills that hit real quick onto the floor that the House submitted. And there's only three. So I was pleasantly surprised because a lot of times there's a whole bunch of them (laughs) 
(laughs) as we get a new session of Congress started. And there are only three, and they're all repeats, really. They've all been submitted in the past. They have earlier version dates. So nothing new and dramatic within what's happening in Congress so far, which is always nice that someone isn't kind of jumping out there right away. Although my favorite, House Bill 34, Let Lenders Lend Act, did make it back onto the floor again as a proposal by Andy Briggs, a Republican out of Arizona. One sentence, repeal Reg C, the one that came out in 2015. Gotta love simplicity. Just get rid of it, right? So (laughs) it's hum to season. And for those of you who are in the compliance world, thank you, because it's a thankless job. There was the 25 new fields that came about in 2018. And so this is a House bill to just scrap all that and go back to the way we were, right? I think Les needs to have that song, right? The way we were. So anyway, (laughs) nothing exciting there. But I hope you all heard Rob say the fact that we now do have the ability to offer borrowers with a C-33 employment authorization code on their EAD. Those are our deferred action for childhood arrival borrowers, those with a DACA status, that we are now able to offer FHA financing. And that's effective now. So make sure that you're pulling together your marketing and communicating that well. There's still all the rules that go with a visa. So none of that goes away. And there's a lot of them, like how are we going to handle those that are already expired and they're in the queue to be renewed? How do you handle ones that are about to expire within the next year? So it's great that they're issuing new ones. That's really the big change. They were issuing renewals during this, what I call the gap period over the last four years. So it's exciting. I hope everyone picked up on that. And then last but not least, Dave, I got a great question by a new loan officer who was going, why are we having to get the 1003, the EARLA changed? They're like, you know, that's a really good question because the idea of changing the EARLA and updating it has been in process, I think, since 2015. I was looking back at my notes when we first started talking about changes. Part of it was done for the demographic change information that wanted to be collected. Well, we've picked all that up. We know Fannie and Freddie and the other agencies want cleaner data. So it cleans up some of the fields that were a little less text and could be a little more free form. And so it was difficult to really capture that data for analytics because that's what we're all about. And that's kind of it. So we're going through a big change. Everybody's got Humda reporting and EARLA changes all kind of colliding in February, but should be pretty straightforward. So loan officers, heads up, you will need to change how you interview a borrower just because of the way the form's laid out. Other than that, it's just a matter of managing your rules and your software. It shouldn't be a big change for the operations team as we're seeing that unfold. But we're here to help. Happy to talk about it on the show going forward. But those are my heads up for today, Dave. And oh, by the way, oops, almost forgot. The Federal Housing Finance Agency requests for information on the appraisal-related policies. You still have some time to get that out. That's not due until uh, it's the end of February, February 26th. So I'll talk more about that on next week's show. But have a great day, everyone. Back to you, Dave. Thanks, Alice. Appreciate it so much. So much great information there. But Alice, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Say hi to Al and Bill and the team up there at Union Home Mortgage. Appreciate them lending you to us for an extended period of time to be here on the podcast. Appreciate it, Alice. Alan, good to have you here, friend. Alan Pollock. Well, it's always good to be here. With the weekly tech update, man, we're anticipating this being a really interesting year. Last week, you talked about the amount of consolidation that's happening in the tech sector. What you got for us this week? Yeah, I agree, David. I think there's a lot of stuff going on and I don't think anyone should be concerned. I don't think you should run for the hills because acquisitions include the need to mature, expand, and have more customers. So, 
you shouldn't worry about any of the technology solutions getting acquired if you have them. You should only worry about them going into business. And I don't think that's going to happen with many of them because everybody's been building such great features and functionality. It's more of a consolidation. Put the Legos together and build an awesome ship. So a couple things, David. The first one is, did you know, and this is sort of like a non-mortgage thing, there are 250 scientists that signed a petition to regulate trendy tech. What they're saying, Apple AirPods, which I bet you 80% of us on the phone wear them, the Bluetooth ones most of the day. They're saying that close proximity of AirPods to the brain and inner ear may cause the risk of cancer. There's not enough information over enough time. But these 250 scientists is from over 40 countries and they have signed a petition to the WHO and the UN. So again, don't pull them out. You may just want to switch over to the wired versions every once in a while just to make sure that you're not getting that magnetic field interference Mm -hmm. through the middle of your brain. Just maybe it makes you work faster. Maybe that's why I'm always feel like I'm on caffeine. Who knows? So yeah, David, great coffee mug I saw. It's actually a white mug with in giant letters. It it shows a picture of a microphone with a circle and a line through it. It says, you're on mute. And it's apparently selling like hotcakes. Companies are buying it for their employees. I pose a question that we're going to talk about next week before I get into the rest of today's segment. It's called, how does your company innovate. This was asked of me and I spent a lot of time writing a small paragraph because it really is an interesting topic. So think about that. If you're a lender, how do you innovate? Is it through your vendors? Is it through your own departments and your own vision and aspirations? Or are you just trying to stay afloat? So think about that. How does your company innovate? And we'll be asking some folks about that. So on the news side, David, a couple interesting things going on. Plaid has launched what they call FinRise. It's an incubator program. It's a nine-month program. Help early stage companies get that feeling of entrepreneurship. But the unique part about it, it's only for founders that are Black, Indigenous, or people of color. And entrepreneurship should be accessible. This is something near and dear to my heart. I've got aspirations myself in these types of areas. So we'll talk more about it another time. But if you know anyone that is Black, Indigenous, or people of color, and you think that they would benefit from this program Plaid has. Think about it. Plaid has all these different connections and APIs and data and ways to get into the industry. Have them reach out to Plaid. Really important topic. You know, David, we talked about different roles of the organization and and other things. You know, last week we talked about DevOps, right? And the fact that Mm -hmm. now you have CIOs and CTOs. Well, right now, something that's important is the CIO budget. And you can find all kinds of articles online. A lot of them are non-mortgage specific. But the fact of the matter is everyone agrees that your technology, your CIO budgets will continue to rise. And of the folks that were interviewed in this one article I read, 92% of those respondents said that the pace of investment in data and AI continues and will continue to be higher and accelerate more than ever before. And of those companies, 65% of them already have what's called a CDO, a chief data data officer. That's somebody that you want to consider having, especially if you have the budget for them. Mortgage is probably more important than ever because even though you're verifying, we've talked about DevOps, we've talked about vendor due diligence this year so far, you want to make sure what are you doing with that data, right? Do you still have people sending stuff at home and they're printing out files and manually entering data? Do you have people downloading spreadsheets from CRM systems? You have databases that are shared. How are people accessing your data? Not only is it the security side, but also it's about how do you make better informed decisions and how do you react quicker to your business? If you think about our manufacturing flow, as data comes in, data is going to do something, help us make a decision and go somewhere and you can react and be better. That's it for today, David. I mentioned that on Licking on Lending, we're building a technology commuting. This segment is going to expand. What we just want to say is that if you are interested, please tell 
us, send us a message, alan at tms-advisors.com. How do you spend your tech dollars and what has worked and not worked so far in the last 12 months? Did you get what you expected? Would you be interested in sharing your opinion? We'd love for the rest of our community to hear what you're doing. With that, David, I'm looking forward to some of our financial experts that are coming on the program and uh, have a great week, everyone. That's really good. I remember Anthony Shea saying he has uh, technology investment indigestion. He, it's so important. So looking forward to your wisdom uh, as we look at what to bring on for technology, where the focus should be. Good job, Alan. Appreciate it. So this wraps up the weekly mortgage update. Next week, we've got Scott Harris going to be here with Social Survey. Got an interesting thing that they're working on. You got to hear about this announcement. Scott will be talking about that for the Hot Topic segment next week. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, as well as Indicom, as well as Incelerate, Mobility, RE, Modex, and all the other sponsors. Check them out on our website. Folks, have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.